In this episode of Man vs. Marriage, triggers. This is, uh, this could get me in some trouble, but guess what? I don't care. So here we go. We will be right back. Family studio with my lovely wife, Ladybug. Jeannie, what's up? Hey. Before I started this, you're hyper. You're dancing. <laughs> you do, 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 do. <clears throat> I put on the, the microphone and then you say, Hi. Shut oh, up. Uh, Don't trigger me, fool. <laughs> that was a me comment. I like <laughs> yeah. it. All right. Is that uh, sweater? Is that sweater warm enough? Yes. <laughs> we make jokes all day. That'll make sense when we have video. Anyway, here we are. Welcome back to, to this show, and uh, we, by request, are going to do a show about triggers. So I've got to do a little bit to get it set up here, and I want to read you some stuff. And this is uh, this is for a particular Jack that's a that's a listener for to the show, and he has he's got some legitimate questions here, you know, just asking about triggers and look. I'm going to, I'll probably state this because sometimes I do get nervous. When I'm talking about triggers, I'm not talking about anything related to <coughs> emotional, physical trauma. Okay? And I guess you could take some time to, like, flesh out what trauma is. But if you've been physically abused sexually abused, and in some cases, verbally abused, there's a real thing to triggers that you should respect and get professional help for. That is the caveat, okay? Uh, what, I, what we're going to talk about next is our experience with triggers because in this particular culture with micro, macro and microaggressions, it's garbage, so the, uh, something that is legitimate goes overboard, and then you can't say or talk to people. And so sometimes people become susceptible to the culture, and they take it on. It's like if you say something to me that triggers me or makes me upset, you're not allowed to say that because then you're being aggressive towards me. So we're going to talk through that. Hogwash. We're going to talk through things that that we've. I'm gonna I'm gonna bring up a discussion that I had with someone that was 22 years old as well, single, unmarried guy. Um, when it comes to triggers and how those things can actually benefit you in this uh, in life, period, in general. So I want to uh, I want to kind of go through this and talk about what triggers are Hunter, honey what is your understanding of of triggers talk to me about that um well <clears throat> for me it's more about um maybe something that was said or um something that kind of invokes a memory of something that was harmful or abusive or um you know not a 
beneficial environment. Okay. Uh, best example I can give is um, we talked through some stuff with Rita years ago. It's been a long time. And um, there was something you did that made me kind of go back to a memory of my dad and an argument that he and I had and the way that he had put his foot down and made a, a demand. And I did not respond well to having you do the same type of thing. And it pissed me off big time. And it, it caused a, an argument. And it wasn't necessarily that you were doing it to be that way. It was just the way it came across sent me into an old memory. So here's what I'll, st I'll start with this. <clears throat> Question. How do you and Jeannie handle situations that are triggers to each other? I.e., you shouting at Jeannie triggers a negative reaction within her. Is it for her to go sort out, uh, to go sort that out, or so that, uh, is that something, or you not, or, or you shouting doesn't trigger her? So here's what, just kind of reading between the lines, you know, um, here's my response. I said, that's a great question. Jeannie and I are recording, oops, um, you know, just asking, would you like us to do an episode? He said, now, I said, I have a non-mainstream view of triggers. I think they can be used as a positive to challenge ourselves to grow. This wouldn't apply to the real trauma. The notion, however, that you can't say something because it triggers me is an extremely disempowering thing to a human being. It's not acceptable for my life. There must be a discussion and an agreement made for how to approach them. Hold on. He's asking if you shouting at me would trigger me. Okay, context. Are we arguing? Are you calling my name across the room? Because if we're arguing and you raise your voice at me, that's not a trigger. You're pissed and I'm pissed. Because you're mad enough to raise your voice at me, of course I'm going to respond. That's fair. That's, that's not a trigger. That's a human reaction to somebody raising their voice at you. Now, if it's just... You're shouting for me for some reason because I'm not listening or I didn't hear you. That I don't put that in the perspective of trigger. <clears throat> yeah, so I guess, you know, what the first thing to do is kind of define trigger. Jeannie's defined her version. Um, and I'm, we're talking outside of the scope of, like, true mental abuse or physical abuse. Mm -hmm. So that's where I'm kind of coming from. And that's if you've had something in a past relationship or like how you were raised and somebody asks you, hey, are you okay? And you snap at them for asking the question, are you okay? Um, that's, a, that's a trigger and your spouse should be able to ask you if you're okay. Case in point, we just had a little situation here. We're mm -hmm. asking somebody if they're okay and they respond very negatively. That is an issue, but it's not an issue that should trigger that type of response or that my spouse should have to walk on eggshells around. I was going to say, but that that's the thing, though. So you, using Hunter and Kirsten as an example, their triggers are things that their autism cannot comprehend or sees as a negative. <coughs> Excuse me. Jeez. <laughs> Come on. You have the headphones on. It's not my fault. Um, for example, 
when Hunter was in school, something about the word homework would trip him up. And he would instantly go into not just a meltdown, but I mean, he would become very aggressive with the term of homework. We came to learn that Hunter's understanding was I do work at school and I come home and I play and I relax. And so when you sent him homework, he got frustrated because it it wasn't working with his understanding. So that to me is a legit trigger it causes a behavior that he cannot control it is something that is a a wire that's crossed somewhere that he can't control and we did have to work through it it was literally a a therapeutic thing for us to have to work through the process of changing the verbiage from homework to practice well but the me now would have not handled that the same way the me now would have not handled that the same way in a sense that we don't need to avoid things that trigger people with autism we need to give them a coping mechanism but then help them behaviorally to be able to deal which we did but i'm saying the difference is that quote-unquote trigger is something that they cannot in the beginning control the response to it is something that they're not emotionally or socially equipped to adjust it has to be trained out what you're talking about in this instance is a therapy a therapy term that has become more of a blanket statement of well if you say the sky is purple you're going to trigger me because I don't agree with you and so I have the right to bitch and moan about it and create a problem because you're being aggressive about your opinion and I don't agree with it it's triggering my behavior which <clears throat> really all it means is you're, you're saying that it's triggering you is like you're, I'm giving myself a pass to be an asshole and to be rude and to be, you know, disrespectful or to complain. That is not a legitimate trigger. That is a BS response to allow yourself to be able to speak your opinion and no one else's. In this response to Jack... Again, it depends on the context of what's happening. Now, if y'all are having a heated conversation and you raise your voice, the trigger there is you raised your voice, which now means that you have come to a different level and I'm going to meet your level. Mm -hmm. I'm going to meet your response because you guys haven't learned yet how to communicate without raising it to the next level. Yeah, I I probably, not probably, I should have... (laughs) garnered some additional context so with that being said this is not a situation where and this has nothing to do with this jack this is just a an example that i'm pulling out of thin air if you and your wife have had a history of beating each other up or physically assaulting one another and then you raise your hand and she's triggered and she goes into meltdown that's understandable But if you guys are talking about a situation in your relationship and you bring up a topic and he or she, whether it's, you know, the wife talking to the husband or the, you know, and I'll give you an example. Look, I'll be completely vulnerable with you guys and give you an example of how old Q-Dog got triggered, got in his feelings and uh, showed his A2S. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, 
You can say it, honey. It's okay. <clears throat> it's in the Bible. I don't need your permission. I don't read the King James Version, so I don't say it. <laughs> Actually, I, I Lies. Do <laughs> I do read the King James from time to time. Anyway, <laughs> um, the the fact is, is that you, if you run on the idea of macro and micro aggressions and your life is triggered, you are limiting yourself and your growth. And the reason I say that is because you are so uncertain in your opinions about things in life and reality that you cannot allow anyone to challenge that for fear of you breaking mentally. And someone or the surroundings in your life have uh, done you a disservice. And that is my strongly worded opinion. And why do I say that? Because in my home, I challenge the beliefs that come out of the mouths of my family. And I welcome them to challenge mine as well. I do not want to teach and tell my kids how to think. I want to teach them how to think constructively so they can formulate their own opinions. I express our values as a family. I live our values in front of them so they can understand. We teach them what's right and what's wrong, and we don't all agree on what's right and what's wrong. But I teach that. I live that. And if there is a situation that comes about or a conversation or an opinion that is opposite or challenges the opinion that I hold, then we have a hearty discussion and a debate to better understand why you believe what you believe. Because whether I agree with you or not, if you believe that, it's going to be challenged and you need thick skin. You need resiliency when you go to life so that you are not constantly living a victimized life. Because that will disempower you. It will not give you the authority over your own life. And so there are things that trigger all of us. The word has been popularized or mainstreamed. But there are things that trigger us. And I think those things, when we get triggered, are a positive. Because you go, oh, wait a minute. I don't have emotional control about a topic in my life. And you have now said something to me that's triggered me. Why do I think the way that I think? The example. The conversation I had or the example first? What do you think, honey? Go ahead. Give the example. Surgery. Medical. Let me tell you, if you're a nurse or a doctor, I appreciate you. Appreciate what you're doing. There's a business side of this. I want you to make a living, okay? I want you to provide for your family. I don't want you to do this for free. I'm about free market capitalism. I'm good with it. But there's something in the United States of America that has tainted our medical system because the cost is so excessive. It's, it's got to the point where it's just flat out stupid. That's my opinion. If you don't like it, I've already told you, you can challenge me, and I will be happy to give you examples. Um, but that's not why we're here for that. That's This is just giving you context. 
We met our deductible, our ever-growing deductible. There's a max out of pocket. We have a child that's having surgery, and our copay, our portion of this thing is like twenty four hundred bucks just for one piece of that. And uh, a strong, challenging part of mine and Jeannie's relationship is finances. Yeah. And so we we're probably better now than we've ever been, but that doesn't mean that we're we the best at it. Yeah. <laughs> we have our moments. And I'm I'm working. I'm out. You know, the grind out there getting things done. We're preparing for this, you know, particular procedure, and we get the information that before this is going to happen, you are going to you're going to pay this amount, or she's not having surgery. And Jeannie just texts it over to me. Why? Because and they told us two days before <clears throat> the surgery date yeah. it has to be paid the day of, prior to, or we're going to take her off the schedule. Yeah, and Jeannie's busy. She's running Moran's everywhere. She's got things to do. She has, you know, her own list of chores that she's got to get. She's got her own part of life going on here, managing our home while I'm working. And she sends it over to me in a text. And I get triggered because I see the amount of 2400 bucks, And I get mad. <laughs> and I, I get mad because, you know, as a group, we've already come out of, our pocket several thousand dollars and our deductible is supposed to be met and so when i got mad i started to take it out on her via text which is one of those values we've talked about not doing don't and, argue over text and we're both guilty of it mm -hmm. so see we screw up <laughs> yeah i start going i'm like i want a full i want a full report give me a quote let me know what i'm paying for i mean i'm just i'm grinding the axe it, it The grinder is in full effect. I'm pedaling with both feet, and the axe is on the grinder. And she's like, well, here's a phone number. Give him a call. And I'm like, oh, really? You don't even care about this price? You don't care about this money? This is the conversation that I'm having in, with my triggered little tail, you know, a couple hundred miles away. And so now you want me to freaking call? You don't even care. You just want the surgery to happen. And I'm getting more and more tuned up about it. And so that rage begins to grow. I call and I get a voicemail. It's like, hello, this is Quincy Moran, uh, dad of so-and-so Moran. And I'm being told that we have this particular amount for a copay. And I would like a complete itemized list of what I'm paying for to help me understand it. And I am, I'm, I'm not a happy camper. And if you listen to the voicemail, you could tell this guy's not a happy camper. Here's my phone number. Please call me back. Hung up. That's probably been a month. I still hadn't got a call. <laughs> it's because we paid the money. Yeah, we paid. And uh, I think it's absurd that we had to pay that amount. That's not the only amount we have to pay. Um, but I had to stop at a gas station, and I had to take a step back. And I had to... I really had to take myself to task. I had to look at my attitude. I had to look at what had me in my emotions. I needed to take a step out of it and, and get logical again to say, look, you and Jeannie are on the same team. And I used to say this phrase to Jeannie all the time. Hey, home team. We are home team. So understand that. So I had to talk myself off the ledge. I had to straighten myself out. 
and I had to get down to um, the idea of this is not her fault. She is not sending me a bill. I'm not paying Jeannie $2,400. She has nothing to do with this. So, you know, as my mother would say, get off your high horse, come back down to reality, and let's figure out. Without a doubt, the surgery needs to happen because our daughter needs her ankle fixed. But we also figured out that because it's a money thing and that is something that you are working through your mindset on, I should have called you to tell you, hey, this is what's going on and talked about it rather than sending you a text. Because the text just set you off without any context. It's just a text. But, um, which, you know, we learn these things periodically. Quincy has speed bumps. What do you know? Yeah, um, it kind of pisses but, me off. But. Yeah, well, but I didn't know. And I didn't know what you were doing at work. I had no idea what your day looked like. I was running through my day. And it's like, I don't have time to sit on hold with these people and try to figure this out. I'm driving. <clears throat> I got to get people to and from. And you're driving a straight road coming home. Can you make the call? That was my thought process. And in my mind, I'm already thinking, okay, what credit card are we putting it on? Because that that's just, that's what we have them for. So that was just kind of where my headspace went. But I didn't realize until we got on the phone just how pissed you were. And it was like, okay, so he knows the surgery has to happen. Where There's there's not an argument to happen there. It, it has to happen. She needs it done. But, okay. So what are we going to do about it? This is where the conversation comes in. Um, But it's one of those things where maybe, God willing, we don't have a next time anytime soon. But the next time we have to discuss it, we say, okay, I'm going to call him. I'm going to let you know this is the conversation that I had. This is what's going on. Here's the phone number. If you want to call and get it figured out, I'm all for it. But that, because it's not... I didn't take the responsibility for it because it wasn't me that was getting freaked out and I, and I didn't understand why you were getting so upset about it. So I was just kind of stepping out of it to let you figure out why you were so upset about it. Um, but another example, which I didn't even think about it until recently was, um, service. Anytime we would talk about our sex life for a long time, if you mentioned oral sex uh, immediately my brain went to service and I shut down. It, it's, it, it's just not something that my, my mind could not click to. There were other times where it was like, um, you know, when you wanted sex and we weren't having sex, I didn't understand the difference between needs and wants until we had that conversation. So for me, it was just like, oh. and I, I went back to something I was taught. Mm-hmm that sex between a husband and wife is the wife giving a service to her husband. And as long as you meet that service, he won't go looking for it. If you don't meet the service, he's going to go find it elsewhere. False. Fake news. But for us, it took a little while for me to get those things out of my mind and to train myself to understand, instead of looking at it as a service, so to say, we changed it to a need and a want. And then we came up with rain check. So if I didn't want to do that, or if I was tired, or if some, if I wasn't feeling well, or if you were having a night where things were off and we just, it, it wasn't clicking, we came up with a way to eliminate that trigger and make it more of a cohesive communication between us to make things easier. Because that shutdown moment, 
although, you know, society will tell you you're allowed to have your meltdown, you're allowed to have your shutdown moment, you're allowed to have your freak out. We all have them. Fair. But you also have to have your adult moment where you realize, okay, I'm doing this. Why am I doing it? What's causing this behavior? And what am I going to do to fix it? Because you can't act like a two-year-old all the time. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think there there were some brilliant moments along the way. And uh, the, the appreciation I have for the terminology of rain check, because Jeannie and I at one point, like Kirsten had ripped the door off the hinges, and we didn't have the money to put another door up. And I guess I probably also thought, well, what's the use if she's just going to rip another one off? So we would have to sit in front of her door until she fell asleep. And we would talk about having sex that night. And we would both, you know, maybe one night it's her like, I need some sex. And maybe one night it's me like, I want some sex. And, you know, she would be there until the wee hours of the night and we're supposed to have it. And I'm laying there, you know, just like, okay, I'm just going to, I'm going to hang out until it's time. And, you know, you get into the two o'clock hour and it's like, oh, geez, man, I'm tired. And uh, she would come to bed and she would be exhausted and she would go to bed and go to sleep and not say a word about the sex we were supposed to have. <laughs> and so that would hurt my feelings. Not realizing that he wasn't actually sleeping. He was laying there waiting the whole <clears throat> time for this moment to come out. Well, I, you know, it's an unreasonable expectation on my part. And then there was just, you were so exhausted, but I felt like, where's the courtesy in acknowledging, I know we can't, but, I, you know, I, wanna, I want at least acknowledging the ideas, like, okay, well, at least you understand that we both want it or whatever, but it's just not, it's, we can't do it right now. And so it went a long way just because I felt like it was a courteous acknowledgement of my needs. Mm -hmm. And so now, now rain check is something that completely disarms everybody. It doesn't mean you're not going to be disappointed. Yeah, sure, you're disappointed. I mean, you go to the store to get what you wanted. Um, you try to buy it, and they have to give you a rain check until it's back in stock. Mm -hmm. You have to delay your gratification. But... When the when the when the word rain check comes out, you understand that sometimes whatever it is, you just can't you can't go for it. But you have the courtesy because the you love the person you're working with to say, I'm so sorry, I need a rain check. You're acknowledging like you are making your spouse feel like I'm I'm sure it was hard for you to make the determination that it needs to be a rain check, but you care enough about me to articulate it well and it also helps because we had times where um we would just try to do it exhausted and then things just don't work right and the connection isn't there and it's just like i don't want to do that to you you don't want to do that to me mm -hmm. we don't want to just go through the motions sex to us is more than just getting off so putting out the rain check is Kind of our way of saying, look, I don't want to give you just a quick hit and maybe we'll both get off. I want to give you the full connection and experience. So please allow me to have this time to rest and we'll meet up again and we'll do this again. You know, it, it's just a common courtesy. The same thing with the money thing. If, if now that I know 
because of where you're you're trying to change how you think about things, I won't text it to you. When something big comes in like that, I won't text it to you. I'll make a phone call and say, okay, we, we need to chat for a minute. Yeah. I might even have to preface you with speed bump. <laughs> sure. Sure. But, well, that, I mean, that's, that's it. That's the difference. When you understand something like that is going to, for lack of a better word, trigger a response, you find ways to either make it where it's no longer a trigger, change how you see it. I mean, sex was a service. We changed that for me by understanding the difference between a need and a want. It's not a service if it's something that you need from me versus I just want it all the time and you're just going to give it to me because I want it. There is a want in sex, don't get me wrong, but you guys understand what I'm saying. It, it changed how I viewed what we were doing and why we were doing it. Um, you know, the same thing with money. If we know that it's something that's going to frustrate the other person, and you know it's one of those things because, like for me, I'll have my day scheduled out and somebody will come in and say, oh, hey, mom, I need you to bring me my uniform. I forgot X, Y, and Z. And they need it for a class in like 30 minutes. Well, that's not on my schedule. And I need to do this, this, and this for myself or something else that's going on. But because I'm mom, I'm going to fill in that gap and I'm going to take them their uniform because they need it. But in my first reaction is, shit. Okay, what do I have to do? What do I have to change? And I go into that mode and I'm frustrated. It's part of life. Now that we have speed bump, I have a kid who is smart enough now to text me and say, hey, mom, speed bump. Okay, what's up? I forgot this for my uniform. Do you think you could get it to me by this time? It completely deflates my oh shit moment and brings me back to it's not intentional. It's not meant to piss me off. It's not something that, you know, she would do on, it's not something she's done 15 times in a row. And I'm like, oh my God, choke the kid. But she's acknowledging that this frustrates me by telling me, hey mom, I got a speed bump. Okay, cool. I I can completely eliminate what would normally be a bad reaction. That That's the difference. But I mean, what he's saying here, I, I just don't think it falls under trigger so much as a reactive response because... Anybody raising their voice at you is going to create a response. Yeah, you have a choice at that moment. Uh, whether And it depends on what you're yelling. If you're raising your voice at me and you're raising your voice at me because you're arguing with me or you're calling me something, that that's the whole... Yeah. That, that just changes what it looks like. Well, there could... I... I I need to get greater context so that we can be as effective as possible mm-hmm. and given our, you know, our opinion and our experience. The fact is, to me, I don't want to have to lean on the crutch of speed bump. I don't. No. I I look at it and I go, okay. And look, there's a time where you need to let all the air out of the, the balloon. You just do. But I'm not... The mailman doesn't deserve to get the crap kicked out of him because he delivered you a letter. Yeah. And that's not what Jeannie deserved. And for me, I needed a minute to burn. But I don't like things in life having that power over me to control my emotions. 
to control my attitude because that it's like one of my core beliefs that I focus on what I can affect and it's part of that is my attitude part of that is my actions and part of that is my effort that's what makes up the things that I can affect but you don't it but here's the thing though too is it's not always just you who's trying to help you fix whatever that is that that's the whole point in this because he asked you know is it up to your spouse to just figure it out on their own why it triggers them and why it upsets them well yes and no because we came up with speed bump because that was something that that Rita threw out and said okay let's try this in the last six months I would say you or the kids have had to use the term speed bump maybe three times yeah, it's gotten much better. Because it's gotten a lot better because the re- we've already trained the response differently. Mm-hmm. But it took more than just me to say, okay, I acknowledge this is what's going on. This is what I need to do to try to, to curb it. And this is what I need from you to help me do that. Yeah, that yeah, definitely. It, it, it's... So to answer Jack's question, I don't think it's totally up to the other person to figure it out for themselves. Do I think that they can? Sure. Are there things that you do by yourself without me? Yes. But there is a difference because even when you're doing something for yourself or I'm doing something for myself, we have a conversation and say, look, this is what I'm doing because I'm letting you know there's a chance I'm going to get kind of pissy while this is going on. Mm-hmm. And it's, ju- it's just common courtesy to let someone know you're going through something you're working through something so that you don't like unintentionally attack them while you're growing through a challenge, a in, challenge your life. in your life. Yeah. And that's and that's the thing is that when you sent me when you sent that over, my thought was like, you know, and this is just the way my mind works and I'm not proud of it. It's like you know, I have the freaking courtesy if there's a speed bump for years to send this woman speed bump and she's just going to lay this on me. She doesn't have the courtesy to prepare me for this. And you take a step back and it's like, okay, diva. Because <laughs> sometimes I have to insult myself a little bit to like shock me out of it. It's like, okay, diva, you need her to work around your feelings. And I'm not saying feelings are a bad thing, but I had to say, look, this is not about Jeannie. So, Take a step back. I pulled over at you know at the gas station, and that's where this this book it takes what it takes. This is one of the values that I've that I've had, and it's it's this philosophy of neutral thinking. Whatever comes in is information. How you decide to handle it is up to you. It's twenty four hundred dollars. She needs. Is it a life saving surgery? No, but is the surgery for her? a matter of safety so she doesn't fall down the stairs again and freaking break her neck or at school. And does it keep her out of pain? She's been in pain for a really long yeah. time. So you have to, <clears throat> sometimes you've got to let the fire burn for a minute. Sometimes you've got to manage yourself through. It's okay to be disappointed. How do you learn how to manage disappointment unless you get disappointed? But you need to be able to do it healthy. And, and you have to remember, please, 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 please go back. We do not think alike. Mm-hmm. So my first thought was not going to be, you're going to get pissed about them. I knew you'd get frustrated because it's money. But my thinking was, we already knew a copay was coming. We had just talked about it when we did bills last time. We know the copay's coming. Okay, cool. We've got this, you know, our, our 
HSA or whatever, that, that'll handle that. We already know that. We just need to know what the amount is. So when the amount came in, I'm not thinking you're, you're going to blow your top. I'm thinking, okay, cool. Here's the information. I'm sending it to you, and I'm going on with what I'm doing, and we'll discuss it. When you get home is my theory. We're going to discuss it. We'll figure out what we're gonna, how we're going to pay for it so I get it done, and we're good. Quincy wasn't thinking that way. So please, please, please always keep in mind we don't think alike. So what you may be thinking, oh, like him, thinking I don't care about the money. I don't care that we have to pay this. I don't care that he's working his ass off to make money and this is where it's going. I'm just this. That was not my thought process in the slightest. But because we come from a place of being frustrated, we allow ourselves to take off and imagine the conversation or the thought process of the mm -hmm. other person. And now when you come at them, you've already dug the hole. She didn't even see it coming. You already dug that hole and she's just going to fall in it because you've already made it. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, that and just being completely vulnerable, that's where I, I don't I don't like that. I don't like getting freaked out about money. And I've I have a running tab in my mind about our monthly expenditures that come out of the HSA. And debt is the last thing you want to have. And we've done a great job of managing that debt, but it's at the expense of our savings account. Um, and so those are the things that I'm thinking about because uh, you know, I'm not intellectually, I'm not an intellectual and I'm not very analytical when it comes to money because it's numbers. Um, you know, I just, I roll things through my mind and say, okay, well, I've just committed to these two or three things monthly with our HSA and I'm expecting a copay but after so after we've paid so much in medical insurance I'm thinking maybe 300 bucks and it's like eight times that mm -hmm. or yeah eight times told you money money's not my I mean numbers aren't my strong suit but uh isn't eight times three 24 okay eight times four is 32 yeah so I was right let's do it <laughs> um so with that but all that all those thoughts that I'm thinking are just not Jeannie's responsibility. For me, it's like, you know, could you call? And even if you're not as mad as I am, could you just lament and chew, you know, grind the axe with me a little bit or something like that? But that's, it's just not her responsibility. It's one more thing in her day that she needs to get done. She sent me a text. She had no idea it was going to do that. I just need to know what card we're putting it on and, you know, I, I'll make it get done and then we're, we're moving on. That's That's my part of the deal. So, you know, I was able to, you know, get my underwear out of a wad, talk myself back, and manage through it. And then voice the idea to say, hey, how about you never send me something like that over text again, please? Well, in this last procedure that I had to go through, I, I sent a, a picture of the text and um, just said, no copay. So he knew what was coming because there was no math on there. There was no number. So I figured that was a safe one to send in a text. And when he sent, he sent back a question mark, I said, it says we don't own anything yet. When we got there for the procedure, it says, you know, we haven't met our deductible yet. Apparently our deductible has gone up. And, um, you know, they have, Texas has a surprise law, a surprise charges law. So they can't be held responsible if our insurance didn't notify, blah, blah, blah. So I'm looking at it, and I'm like, okay, we haven't touched our, our deductible. It's January. So I walk over, and I hand him the paperwork and very carefully say, okay, without the insurance, this is what it says right now. We have no copays yet, but I'm letting you know this is bill one of three possible. 
And, you know, it was a different conversation this time than the last time, even though we're still not happy about it. We don't want to pay it. And you're still frustrated that we have to pay three different things. But it was it didn't piss you off like it did for the surgery that we had to do before. Well, and I also have to take responsibility for my relationship with money and the fear I live in that we're that I'm going to fail financially and I'm going to fail the entire family. We're not failing financially. I have to I have to take responsibility for that, you know, and so that plays that played a role in my trigger moment. Um. But I do not like allowing external things to have control over my emotional response. No, and I don't think people should be allowed to just get a free pass by using the term. Correct. And so just briefly, I uh, I was, you know, with a colleague of mine, and, and he's a younger guy, same age as my son, as a matter of fact. And we were talking about triggers and talking about how certain things, you know, trigger someone in his life. And, you know, I, I provided the context to say, hey, man, I know in this particular generation, um, triggers is a big deal. But I don't look at triggers as a negative. And here's why. And, you know, I, I, I wanted to read his face to see if he could receive it. And I'm not sure if he did. But it said, uh, just because somebody's telling you something you don't like doesn't mean it's a trigger. Because there are things in life that we need to learn. And there there may be... Uh, something deeper to this particular discussion that you don't realize. There may be a lesson in here. There may be something that is trying to teach you about a part of your life that you don't have experience on. So information is information. And what you do with it and the choices you make and how you interpret it is up to you. And it was a to me it was a great moment because I, I look at triggers as a good thing uh, in the sense that I can understand where my blind spots are. I can understand where I need to grow. I can understand what's holding me back. Now, if you've hit me in the face 15 times, if you've hit me in the face once or twice and you raise your hand. I'm going to flinch. Yeah. And I flinch. That's not, a, that's not a, a, an irrational trigger. You know the same thing. If, if you've been demeaning, you know, disparaging somebody. And talking trash and down to them and crushing their soul verbally. And then you say something that brings that up again. Yeah, there's going to be a trigger and you should respect that. Also, you should work through it. If you find yourself constantly using, like, having a victimized mentality and in thinking in terms of, oh, you just microaggressed me. You have some things that you need to work out because that is not going to serve your life very well at all. It's going to keep you in a place of disempowerment, and that is not what I want for you. You should be able to receive information that's tough and be able to learn how to navigate through it so that you can be a responsible adult. And look, I've, I've said this. Maybe sometime you might need to go to the punching bag because something is going on in your life that is so difficult, you need to get the energy out. Sometimes you need to let the fire burn. Sometimes you need to let the air out of the balloon. And that's where you can just say, hey, I need to vent. And then you can just let it all out. Take a deep breath and then find a way forward. But it doesn't mean take this stuff out on the people 
around you. I just did it yesterday and had to apologize to Jeannie. Taking the girls to the movies. They need to be there at a certain time. We're not leaving at a certain time. They're going to be late. Um, and here I am. I'm getting fired up. The plan has changed several times. I'm getting mad because we're not on time, and it's not even my event. So I'm being sharp and snappy with Jeannie when she's asking me questions in the van. And I had to take a step back and go, I don't need to act this way. This is not this is not going to help anything, and it's not even for me to be on time. This is for them. If they're not on time to their movie, not my problem. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yep. So I had to say, hey, I'm just, you know, I don't remember what I said, but it's like I'm, I'm being a turd, and it has nothing to do with you. It has nothing to do with me. So I'm going to stop it. And I'm going to be responsible with my attitude, with my actions, with my effort. I'm going to focus on the things I can affect, control what I can in a healthy manner, and move forward. And that is my take on triggers. And if I get more context, we will come back and we will finish this show. Give me your thoughts. Honey, any final thoughts? Nope, I'm good. All right. That is my favorite human being in the whole world, Jeannie Moran. I am Quincy Moran, a.k.a. The Q-Dog. And this is Man vs. Marriage, the podcast. (laughs) 